Woman's touch already off the bat. Off the bat. All right, guys, we are back with another episode of the Not So Cool Podcast. Chill. And we got the very, 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 very awesome, beautiful Jay Milan. Yeah, man. You gonna say? Oh, you already know. Y'all know the culture queen. All right. Oh, yeah, culture queen. There we go. Um, so just for the, the few people probably out there that don't who aren't the very familiar, few very few people who aren't very familiar with you do you mind telling us exactly who you are what you do okay i'm jay milan i'm from houston texas um i'm a content curator influencer um i work with moet hmm, i own a modeling agency and creative agency um i do a lot, lot of product placement i mean the list goes on and on i, I don't want to box myself in but you know every week it's a new hustle for me so just got to ask me how I'm doing that week, and I'll let you know what I'm hustling. How are you doing this week? <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> so how – so you, you just mentioned your agency. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't even, I don't even know if you exactly remember when me and you met, but we met, like, some years back. And I was just talking to uh, – Mika. Mika about you and how kind of more or less – how I remember us meeting and just how I've seen you grow. And what I want to kind of – touch on is the agency you just talked about mm-hmm. the jay milan agency so how did that start and where did that whole idea and where, how is it doing what is it doing now okay so my agency started back when i was 18 years old um it was actually called few are famous that's the first one that i started and it was really just a platform for other young women to um become models to gain confidence and um it was a business i created for my own struggle Um, When I moved back to Houston from staying on the East Coast, I had a huge passion for modeling. And when I came back, I realized that Houston's um, modeling industry was very shortcoming compared to the East Coast. So it took a lot of networking and a lot of meeting different people and photographers and really busting my ass to um, connect with these this underground fashion world. And so once I started working, I started posting you know, on Instagram. I was 18, not even 18, it was 17, um, going to school, coming home at 2, 3 a.m. And from doing fashion shows, from going to the clubs, just different things like that. And I had to work really hard because I was five, six, you know, um, I didn't know a lot of people. I was young. So when I would go to these casting calls or find out about these casting calls, I would ask some of the models like, Hey, do y'all know any other casting calls going on any shows? And of course they won't tell me anything <laughs> because it's just like the pageant industry. Like yeah. people are just so territorial and, and don't want to help other girls. And so once I started you know, really getting this catalog of knowing different photographers, knowing different designers and shows going on. I would post on Instagram. I would get so many emails or so many DMs of girls saying, hey, I want to model. How do you know, how do I get into it? So at that point, I didn't think much of it. I just thought of, you know, just helping other people and especially girls that I felt had more potential than I did. That I'm like, y'all just need to be pointing in the right direction. And so that's exactly how Few Are Famous started. And it, it just started developing more and more and more. Yeah. And you said that uh, people weren't forthcoming with the information. Was that when you were on the East Coast or was that down here? Oh, definitely down here in Houston. Um, it was super... It was super difficult to get into shows. I know back then at the time, it was like Touche was like the biggest photographer. And um, oh, you're just, the homie. You're yeah, the homie. It's, it wasn't many opportunities. Or if there was opportunities, you didn't know about them. Like even today, I can't even name fashion shows that are coming up right now. You know, I can't, I can name a lot of photographers. I can say definitely the photography world is been shunned because of Instagram but as far as like shoots and and um, fashion shows and commercials and movies you know it's just like it's underground world so I definitely want to expose that and help other young young girls find their way and young males find their way oh dope well I mean it's definitely seemed like you're doing that I mean like I'm seeing you everywhere with like an entourage of just <laughs> of people, beautiful, beautiful people, and like you're, it seems like you're putting them like in the right position to be right. successful and to work with you know certain people. I mean, I've seen you on the stages with you know Diddy and 
Ray Schremer and a whole bunch of other collectives. And it's just like, how does that, like, how do you get to that point? Like, what do you, like, what, what steps? Mm, I just say, you know, just being consistent mm -hmm. and not being afraid to speak to people. Um, a lot of these celebs, they just want to feel like normal yeah, people. Exactly. You know, I feel like people see their idols or see people that they look up to and they just freeze up. They just bug eyed, just staring, looking at them. And, you know, these are regular yeah. people. And if you just come up to them and, you know, introduce yourself and even with a lot of parties or a lot of things going on, it's very dry. It's not what you see on TV. Yeah. You think it's going to be all live and crazy and lit. And nine times out of ten, it's just everybody is just on pins and needles. And I would just try to bring this energy around when I come around these certain, you know, influencers and certain uh, artists and just having fun with life, you yeah. know. And I feel like they gravitate towards it. And um, like I tell people in any business that you do, hospitality, hospitality plays a big part. And um, if people can't have fun with you or get to know you and not this, you know, strict environment, uptight environment, you know, people want you to be likable. Yeah. They want to know they can, you know, kick back a few beers, have a shot with you and see the real you. And, um, you know, even as you develop in higher positions, I was talking to my dad. He's uh, the president of all the Planet Fitnesses out here. And um, he was just telling me once he was, you know, getting the job, he was like, he's like, all they want to do is just hang out. <laughs> he like, I'm ready to get down. I'm coming. I got my suit. I'm ready to get down to business. They want to kick it and have a couple beers. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we know you can do the job, right? Yeah. You know, can you come play golf with us? Can you hang out with us? And he's like, what is this? You, you got to get in the room first. Yeah. And once they let you in, that's because some of the stuff I've shot and I'm thinking, oh, man, high pressure. Let me bring $100,000 worth of equipment. They're like, oh, but we wouldn't have hired you if we didn't know you could do it, man. Yeah, so we just need that. We need that. And the food's over there. Right, <laughs> right. They just want to feel comfortable with you. Yeah. And, um, and you just got to be willing sometimes to just risk it all and, um, you know, especially working in the liquor industry, I've learned that all I care about is the money shots. Like they're very, <laughs> I mean, of course, other than the liquor and it tasting good, they want the money shots and they don't care whatever you need to do to get it. That's what you have to report at the end of the week. They say, where's the money shots? You ain't got the money shot, we don't have no money for you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, you know, just just being able to, to risk it all, being able to stand out, being able to get out of your comfort zone. I think that's the main thing with being with these socialites and these people you look up to is just being yourself. Yeah, that yourself will take you a long yeah, way. I, definitely. I, I definitely believe that. And I, I think a lot of people lose them, lose themselves in that, in that, like they feel like they have to act a certain way or be a certain way to fit in or to be around certain people. And it's like, you really don't. You're just yourself, laid back, Having fun, whoever it is that you are, I'll take you a lot further than you can. Absolutely. Like, as long as you're probably not an asshole. As long as you're not an asshole to everybody. No, asshole. I mean, <laughs> well, so, well, to a certain point. Trey, <laughs> that's what he is. ABN. You know what asshole, mean? asshole by, by nature. nature. You know what I'm saying? But some people are just like, I mean, it does help that he's like a 6'3 yeah. black yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so. That, that would help that you. That would help yeah, the intimidation. Yeah. I'm friendly. I'm a teddy bear. I don't do nothing to nobody. <laughs> the thing is, like, people don't. With you, people don't know that. Oh, right? nobody knows I'm a yeah. nice person. They just look at him like, oh, yeah. Oh, every, almost 90% of people, oh, bro, I was too scared to come say anything to you because you just look like you're, going, you're just going to punch me. or I'm like, nah, bro, why? Same. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even people with me, they think I have like this resting bitch face, and I'm really a nice person. You know, people that know me can tell can tell you that, but um, I don't know why people are just so intimidated at times to just come up and speak. I think it's social media, it might be. I think, like, I don't know what it is, it really is a numbers game. We see numbers like, oh, they got like all these followings. If they see somebody's around somebody, and they they just think like, oh, like we're all regular people. Like we can all be talked to. We can all hold a conversation. And uh, I mean, I think that's honestly, genuinely, like one thing I respect about you. You've always been the same. You've always been cool. Every time I see you, it's always been love. You've always been super nice and cool. I have a personal question because mm -hmm. <clears throat> you're you know influencer. Mm -hmm. I've been told this by several different people that. You know, I I don't have the same follower amount, but in my in my little realm, not a big deal. But you know, mm -hmm. uh, we could I don't know what to call me, but whatever. I've been told I'm too approachable. Is that a bad thing? 
No, it's because anybody, almost anybody who DMs me, I'm gonna reply. Um, no, but you have to value your time, and you have to, uh, like my mentor would say, you have to feed people and you have to starve them. And it's sad because um, sometimes people don't respect you if you're too nice. They they look for that asshole or they want you to be more mean and they're like, oh, now I have this respect for you. It's just so crazy because it's just like, you're giving, you're sweet, hey, what's up? And ready to work with everybody and then they take advantage. Mm -hmm. And then you get the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, you just have to feed and you have to starve. You have to be approachable, you have to be open, you have to work, 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 work. And then you have to shell off and go into your cocoon and just kind of be untapped with the world for a little bit. Uh, I definitely, yeah, I relate to that, sure. Uh -huh. um, have a good mix, I guess. I, I haven't figured that out yet. Um, yeah, it has to. It has to be a balance because without the balance, it's just people just see you that certain way, you know. Um, and then how are you supposed to grow? How are your prices supposed to grow? You know what I mean? So, you know, price just went up. <laughs> price just went up. Yeah. Don't talk to me unless you got a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? That's it? That's What's, it. That's it? Talk. You feel talk. me? I'm messing with you, Mike. Um, so you just meant you were just talking about, you know, the whole liquor thing. How did your relationship with Moet start? Or did that collaboration? Um, Tammy, actually. Tammy and Dave Anderson. Um, I would see Tammy out in the clubs and absolutely feel as well, because I would see Phil um I was at the clubs popping Moet, and I would say, "You know my friend Philip." Yes, that's my good friend. That's my good friend. <laughs> looks, looks in the camera. No, no, that's my. And I'm not gonna lie, I was very consistent with them. Every time I seen them, uh, especially Phil, I'm like, you know, let me know because I really want to be a Moet ambassador. Because honestly, I don't drink like that. Uh, I know y'all catch me in a club, y'all. Oh, she's probably lit. No, nine times out of ten, I'm drinking cranberry juice or champagne, and it's not because I'm just like oh, I'm too good to drink or I'm not a party animal. I just don't like how liquor tastes sometimes. Unless you can make a, like if you're a mixologist and you can make me a drink, like I say, make it taste like juice. I don't yeah. even want to feel it. I just want it to sneak up on me. And so I honestly just fell in love with, you know, Moet. And I'm like, man, if I can, you know, get behind this company, I'll make it sell itself because I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm a true drinker, you know, of, of champagne. Fancy. That's all I can say. But the ones that stick up on you, those are the ones that scare me. I, oh. No, oh. I like that. I like that feeling. I don't want to feel like I'm taking medicine. Like, uh, like yeah, you just nah. gagging. Like, no, I want to I wanna drink and enjoy a drink and let it be fruity and a little tropical. <laughs> you sound like and a then, girl. Yeah, see, I can't, we, can, you we know, can't say that. We can go over 20 that. minutes that later, we're like, yeah. I'm having the time uh -huh. of my life. <laughs> like, that's like, that's how I like to do things, yeah. honestly. Make but the oh, to strength, be bro. to be real, that was me all the way up to about twenty five. Mm. Drinking fruity drinks, mm. but I could still fight though. What's up? What's, what's good? <laughs> that don't mean that. That's, I mean, that's just like saying, "Oh, I don't get juice because it's too girly." Everybody drinks juice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even to back on that, you just did something with the daiquiri company, correct? Yes, so I, yes. I just saw that on your Instagram. Yes. Uh, it went to library a little bit on that. How did that come about? So prime daiquiris. All them the homies. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Boy. Sorry. <laughs> no, he does. He, he does. He does. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I was really floored when they told me that they were going to give me my own drink. Uh, originally, the owner of Prime Daiquiri's had approached me probably like two, three years ago and was like, hey, I'm opening up a daiquiri shop. I want you to be a part of it. Let's be partners. And I don't know, at that time and at that space, I don't think I was ready to take on a company. And a lot of times people run up to me and just have all these business ventures and then I put all my time and effort into it and then either it flakes or it's not well put together and I put my name on it. I just, you know, it's a risk and it's a gamble. And at, the, at that time I was not willing to risk that. And now I regret it because they're doing numbers. And I'm like, wow, this is something I could have been a part of. But instead of being a person to say, ha ha, I told you so, I like that he still admired me and was like, you know what, we still want to give you your own drink. We love you so much. We just want to get you in the door. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So 
I told them what type of flavors I liked, because of course y'all know I'm a juicy girl. I like all my <laughs> drinks to sneak up on me. And I, I live for a good like daiquiri or slushy. Oh. So um, I, I got a green apple and a little tiger blood and then another secret ingredient I'm not telling y'all. But um, <laughs> I just like, I want it to taste like a snow cone. And it came out really, really good. And um, so many people turned, you know, came out for the uh, taste and I was literally like, whoa. And um, one of my homeboys came and bought 20 drinks and it was like, everybody getting the J Milan, it's on me. So it's just like the support Honestly, me getting my own drink is more feeling that I know this is why I'm supposed to be yeah. here. You know, sometimes I feel um, underappreciated at times. And so when uh, when a big establishment does something like that for me, it, it really makes me feel like, wow, I make a huge impact here. You know, it matters. So that was really dope. Well, I would like my name on the daiquiri, but <laughs> my partners is too gross, and I can see all the nasty jokes they're going to have. Oh, my god! So don't even put, no, no, no name, no. Mm -mm. No, you can definitely get a drink. Yeah. I'll try your drink out. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be too strong for me, though. You know vodka, 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 <laughs> some more vodka. vodka. Hennessy for color, Hennessy. Uh-uh. And throw some ice. <laughs> ice, ice, ice. ice. So you can just go up there and say, give me... No, you really can. It's, it, it's yeah. like on the thing. It's on the daiquiri machine. You can go in there and say, hey, I need the J Milan. And you tell them, like, these are the flavors I like mm -hmm. and incorporate this. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. So, I mean, it seems like you're very hands-on with a lot of things that you do. Oh, absolutely. Anything with my name on it, it's my responsibility to have my hands on it. Like, I hate that about myself. Sometimes I wish I could just let things move without me. But a lot of times I have to be hands-on because if the drink was nasty, guess what? You know, everybody going to drink yeah. it, act like it was good. But then deep down, they're like, anything she says for me to try, I don't really want it. You know, so I wanted to be true to myself, especially me not being a super liquor drinker or a strong, like strong alcohol. It was special to me because... At least once a week, I'm stopping at Taco Bell to get one of those Baja Blast <laughs> Bruh. They're amazing. Yes. They are my weakness. So it's just like, what? I'm going to get my own daiquiri. Oh, yeah, it got to be juicy. <laughs> and it has to taste good. <laughs> I mean, it has to It has to be good. I ready at that, yeah. man. <laughs> so Fashion Week is coming up. Yes. Uh, of course, I've, I've bumped into you millions of times. And every time I see you, you even when you say, oh, I look, this is me just chilling, you look very fashionable. So you mentioned you're going to be walking in Fashion Week. Yes. So what, what's the what's the scoop on that? So actually, I'm walking for a designer. Her name is Rocky Boston. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. I'm familiar with her. Houston, Texas okay. own. Um, this is actually her second year doing Fashion Week. And um, I had her pop up at one of my photo shoots that I was doing for uh, London Couture Version Hair, hair Company. And I told her, I'm like, bring me a couple dresses. Because every time I do something that's like elaborate, I always hit her up to customize my dresses. And so she brought a dress and, you know, we're taking pictures. I'm just playing around, I'm like, put some music on. I feel like walking. And so I started strutting and then she's just like looking at me and I'm like, what's up? She's like, you're gonna close out my show. You're gonna close out my show for Fashion Week. And I'm like, what? She was like, yes. Yeah. She's like, I didn't know you could walk like this. She's like, I need you to, you know, close my show out for Fashion Week. So I was just like, wow, this is a huge honor because, um, I started in this industry just wanting to yeah. be a model. Nothing more, nothing less. I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I just honestly wanted to be a model. Um, the whole reason why I even moved on the East Coast was to pursue a modeling career. So for things to come back full circle, um, it's, it's touching to me because it's just like everything that I've worked for, and even though I put modeling on the back burner to help other people, it's just like God just keeps blessing me in those areas because he knows that, this is something I'm naturally passionate about. And now I get to I get to stamp myself in fashion. We can say that I've done it. So it's just amazing. Yeah, patience is key. And I think everything, when you work hard enough, it, it, it comes around full circle. Uh, I think she works or has worked with you. Or you I think you know Ashley? Ashley Marie? Um, yes, she, well, Ashley yeah, Marie. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. she did Rocky yeah, Boston yeah. show so, as well yeah, last year. That's the homie. So yeah, I got familiar with Rocky Boston. I forgot what show she did. It was, what's that? The Rockefeller um, hmm. venue. She did something over there. But yeah, that's how I oh, first oh, got familiar oh, um, with her. Um, the premiere anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Yes, actually, you yes, were, yeah, yes, we, yes. We were I helped there. coordinate that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so yeah. So that's when I first cool got familiar stuff. with her. You know, I, I mean, you there. know everybody. 
<laughs> well, there. let me say it was not my event. I just put my team on. Yeah. It. And he was just like, I need help. I'm like, here's my team. You can utilize them. And it came out really, really well. Well, I mean, you, you have a pretty good team because even uh, who's the PR publisher? Freshie. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's everywhere now. Yeah, I mean, he's I remember doing when, his I, when thing. I first met him at the Sports Illustrated event they had here a few years ago. Now I see him on red carpets and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, that's, yeah, your that's team, my yeah, baby. You, you have a, you have a good team up, around I had to, you know, <laughs> had to let the leash go. I had to say, go ahead, <laughs> do your thing. You know, honestly, it it's, makes me feel so good and, and really gives me that affirmation I'm, I'm in the right business. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, it gets real discouraging sometimes because you just get spread thin. And so when you get to see people that you trained up, that literally started from nothing and become something and become exactly what they wanted to. And because of your influence and your help, man, it just, it really makes you feel so good. That's dope. That's dope. You got no, I'm just listening oh, okay. to the young, cool people talk. I'm just messing. Don't mind me. Man. I got to do my own thing over there. Um, so, uh, did you, were you, oh, yeah, did I you have a, a question? I, mean, I got a whole bunch of stuff. Oh man, I'm letting I'm letting you I'm letting you fly. So as a female, so we were just talking about this kind of just how we've had a few, we've had a few other females, you know, DJ Shante, shout out to her, and uh, a few other ones. Um, as for you, as a female entrepreneur, what struggles have you have you dealt with? A lot of struggles just in this industry that you're in as an entrepreneur. I mean, you're still dealing kind of in the hip hop industry as well. Mm-hmm. You're around a lot of people. I mean, what struggles as a woman have you dealt with? Um, absolutely. Um struggles i mean being judged a um not there's so many struggles i mean the list can go on and on like karen civil said you know being in a room and uh people walking in and not even acknowledging you you know that's so real and it's not the artist not acknowledging you it's not the talent not acknowledging you it's the people under them the managers the assistants the you know whoever's in the team you know the the squad you know they look at you and they're like oh she's probably messing with them or look at you like you the hoe in the room or something like that and it, it's hurtful because it's like i'm here working just like you i still play a huge part just like you and i i expect the same respect. You know, a lot of times I, I'm real funny. I just come right up to you like, hello, my name is, <laughs> nice to meet you. You know, and you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but it's just like, you see me in the room, you don't speak, you don't acknowledge me. Or, you know, if I'm out with my boyfriend, just regular, not even just in the industry, men have a habit of doing this. It's like, either they're intimidated by the woman or intimidated by the man, but they'll, you know, my boyfriend will introduce me, they'll be like, oh, hey, and not even look at me. like. Can you turn around and say hello and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is. Um, I like to explain it. It's like going to get your car fixed as a female. You know, the mechanics, <laughs> they're going to try you. You know, they'll hit you with this price. You know, you'll pay for it. You'll come back. And you pull off the lot, and something's already breaking down with your car. You know, it's the same thing with the industry. They think you're not knowledgeable. They think you don't know what you're talking about, and they take advantage, and then they'll send you on your way, <laughs> broken, you know what I mean, or, or d- don't have a respect for your feelings, you know, and, and it's one of those things where in this industry, it's really a dark place. A lot of these people in this industry are still trying to figure out who they are. Even though everybody else idolizes them, they don't know who they are. A lot of people are, you know, now we have so many young rappers and so many young artists that they're still in the process of developing, figuring out who they are with money and fame being thrown at them. So it's one of those things where if somebody is rude or try to be disrespectful, I try to always have like the high road mentality and be like, it's never anything personal with you. It's something within their own well-being that they're trying to figure out they don't understand. Yeah. So... Yes, it's a lot of struggles and not even just being a woman, being a dark-skinned woman. You know, I'm always the last person to be looked at a lot of times, you know. I'm always the person that, you know, to the industry, I'm not conventional pretty. I'm not light-skinned. I don't have big curly hair. I don't have big boobs or a big butt, you know. So a lot of times I'm kind of overlooked, and you know, and it's just like I'm your greatest asset, and you might not even know it and miss out on your blessing. So, so colorism is still oh very much, even as um, a casting director, you know, uh, sh- casting for different videos. A lot of times 
their type is, you know, light skin, thick, you know, or Hispanic, mm -hmm. you know, and it sucks. <laughs> it really does, but that's that's what they want a lot of times. And, you know, you have a few artists like Wale and Trey Songs, a, a certain few artists that do say, hey, I need the dark-skinned woman. I need the, the beautiful yeah. chocolate woman, but so rare, so rare. I, I mean, you see the colorism and... It just, but I just, me having a daughter and her, she, she's not of the lighter tone, mm -hmm. and I'm like, is that gonna be a, is that gonna be a thing for you growing up? I let her know she's beautiful, beautiful every moment. I think she is the prettiest girl in the world. Um, I tell her she is, but it's just you bringing it up, and within our industry, I didn't know that it was still such a heavy, heavy. I thought we had, you know, I mean, two men can kiss in public, and nobody cares. And are we still on some, oh, because her complexion, she's not as pretty as this. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, I, it was, that was what I was taught. Mm -hmm. And not, I don't know how to say it was taught, but it's just, that was a Houston thing, you know, mm -hmm. riding, riding slow with a yellow in my mm -hmm. side, blah, blah, you know. So you just got that programming. But as I got older, it's, it's more about the person oh, yeah. than it is about. Oh, absolutely. Especially in down south. I can say. When I was in high school on the East Coast, man, I would get hollered at by everybody. Puerto Ricans, black, white, you know, it didn't matter the race. You know, I, I was a hot commodity, I was beautiful. And then when I came back my senior year to Houston, men wasn't looking my way. Honestly, I, I don't even think I've had a, a true real relationship in Houston. And I went from living on the East Coast, being in a relationship almost every year, you know, and a man trying to be serious. You know, Houston, they'll holler, but are they trying to say, hey, you're my girlfriend? Very rarely. Uh, we, uh, me and all the homies, we, we, there's a lot of, how do I say this without getting in trouble? There's a lot of pretty women down here in Houston. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot of gorgeous women, you know, not even just saying being dark-skinned, but just it's the, the mindset is so, so much different here in Houston. It's crazy. And men will tell you straight up in your face, like, where the yellow bones at? Like, where the, you don't hear that much on the East Coast. Nobody is saying where the yellow girls at, where the light-skinned girls at, where the Hispanic, where the mixed chicks at. There's nobody saying that on the East Coast. But when you come to Houston, man, they, and they don't care. They're unapologetic about it. Like, they, they like what they like, and they don't care. Like, somebody commented on, on my post yesterday and was like, you made me start liking dark-skinned girls. Again, I never thought they were pretty before. Like, are you that bold to say things like that? And even in the industry, even with artists that try to talk to me, they always say, you know, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. And that's not a compliment, you know? So, yeah, it, it gets heavy sometimes because it's just well, like... Even remember when I was telling you about the wedding, that, that one wedding we did, and the wedding planner was just like, how she was saying how she felt bad for you because, like, wedding photographers are, like, supposed to, like... Or technically fit in or you're not, not oh yeah because when i do a lot of weddings i'm 6'3 275 pounds and most people in my industry are between the height of 5'4 mm -hmm. under six foot uh and like slimmer frame right and she's like oh i feel bad for him because i know he stands out and did it nah so i have a different rapport when i do my stuff i make it known that i'm in the room and i'm gonna talk to you the whole in time so it's not a I'm going to try to vanish or nothing like that. And if I, you know, I slide away, get quiet, get my little shots. But instead of trying to creep into the room as the big guy, nah. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, it's Fred. Yeah. How y'all doing today? Da -da -da, I'm going to be a photographer. Da -da 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 -da. Why would you hide who you are? That's what makes you special. It's the reason why you're your height and you're your, your skin tone. You know, that's how God made you. So how dare you trying to shun me or mute me to blend in and fit in with someone else? Like. It's, it's, it's really, really crazy to me. Just, you would think that we grow as a human race, but. Yeah, man, we just, we were, we, that was some heavy stuff we were talking about, <laughs> but we're going to change up the tempo, okay, so. So you have a relationship with bad boy, correct? Mm -hmm. What is that? She has a relationship with a bad boy? With Why would she be in a relationship <laughs> with a, bad boy I'm just kidding, I'm not that old. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I've seen you at, behind, uh, backstage at the Bad Boy Family Reunion. Mm -hmm. I've seen you. I've seen you working with Justin and Christian Combs. I've seen you do a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. So can you touch more on that? What exactly? 
got going on on it. That's a pretty big deal, I think. No, definitely. <laughs> um, it's just so funny, like I said, how the universe works. Um, just people that I've looked up to or people that I've been fond to, now I'm working with them or I have a great friendship with them. Um, so I met Justin, I want to say my first, yeah, it was my first time in L.A. I think I was like 19. I think I was about 19, my first time in L.A. And it was 4th of July at uh, Kevin Durant's house. And Rihanna was there. And then I was having like a little barbecue or whatever. Is she, is she as crazy as she act on the internet? Or is she more chill? Wait, no, she, wait, Rihanna? Don't talk about Rihanna. No, Rihanna's been really cool. I've actually spoke to her like twice. I don't want no and she's, she's really a nice person. She didn't give me any bad vibes at all. So she's really, really a nice person. Okay, um, but no, first time I seen her, I was just like, Starstruck? Just starstruck Not at literally me. like she just glided across the grass to me. I was just like, this girl is fine. <laughs> so um we was we were there, it was cool. Um, so we were leaving and Justin I was actually in the car and I seen some guys come out of a sprinter, like walking towards the party. And I was like, Oh my god, I think that's you know, Justin Combs. And I just remember, you know, being younger, looking at his bad boy uh, campaigns, like when he was younger, and I was used to just gush over him. I was like, oh my God, he's just so cute. And so I jumped out, like, oh, I don't care. I'm like, I gotta go speak yeah. to him. And so I came up to him and I'm just like, you know, can I get a picture with you? He was like, yeah, of course. And so we snapped it up and then we just started talking and he was just like, how's the party here? I'm like, eh, it's okay. We about to go to the games party because, it was a little just stuffy there. It was cool, but you know how industry events are. It's just yeah. whatever. And so he was like, really? I'm like, yeah, it was okay. He was like, well, I'm going to go wherever you're going. Just let me know. He's like, get my contact. So I'm like, okay, all right. So uh, we get each other's contact. Um, we start talking for a little bit. And then um, he invited me back to L.A. for, I think he was turning 21. So I probably, yeah, I probably met him when I was 19, Seen him a little bit, and then when he turned 21, he invited me to his 21st birthday party at, like, this big old mansion. And so uh, we went there, and we just had a great time. And as we spent more time together, we realized we're not really, like, like into each other, into each other like that, but more of a, like, brotherly-sisterly relationship just because we had so much in common. Yeah. And then I realized why we had so much in common was because we have the same birthday. <laughs> so I was just like, oh my God, you were my twin. Like I knew I was attracted to you, but it wasn't like the attraction where you're like, oh, I think I yeah. like them. It was just more of a, we related a lot. And so um, after that, we just been stuck like glue, honestly and truly, like the rest was history. Like he would tell me to come out to different events or different things he had going and I would literally t risk it all and, and drop everything I was doing. Didn't have a lot of money, but I would make a way. I'm like, okay, you want me to come here? Because at the end of the day, my mindset was, you know, this is a person that I've always wanted to meet and build a relationship with. And out of all the celebrities I've ever met, he's been the most consistent with me. And so it was very shocking to me how humble he was. I'm like, had I been Diddy's daughter, <laughs> Bro, I'd be out here bougie. I would be so bourgeois. So, you know, Diddy does a great job with them. They don't get an allowance. You know, Diddy is the type of person. He walks in the room, and it's a lot of respect. It's not, oh, that's my friend. That's my homie. Um, it's my dad is in a room. Yeah. You know, Debo is in a room. <laughs> Hide your chains. Hide whatever you got. Turn that off. Clean up. Like, so it's just really cool to see that. Uh, father-son relationship he has. And then he can also just have fun with his kids too. But they do have that fond respect when, when dad says something, you're listening. So um, just being around uh, Puff and being in the room with him has been really inspiring. Um, first couple times I was in the room with him, I didn't speak to him, I didn't really, you know, I didn't want to just seem like a leech or just being that person, because at the end of the day, I'm your son's friend, you know, yeah. like that. I'm trying to, like at the end of the day, everybody's like, oh my God, that's P. Diddy, but to me, it's still like, that's my friend's dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, be quiet, <laughs> be seen and not heard, you know? So I'm just one of those things where I was just happy to be there, happy to just be in the, in the moment. And so um, I want to say, 
probably about two years ago, I finally like met him, met him. And when I did, you know, Justin was like rushing me to the house, like, hurry up and get here. I need you to be here. I'm like, boy, what do you want? Like, <laughs> we gonna party until it's 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's no rush. He's like, no, you just need to get here. So I got there and um, I was in Puff studio and it was all red and um, they was jamming some tunes and he turned down the music. And then he was like, you know, this is Mulan, Mulan meet, you know, my dad. And so um, he's like, he wants to tell you something. I'm like, okay, cool. So he was just like, um, I want you to run Revolt. So he was just like, can you drop everything and move to LA? And I want you to be the new face of Revolt. Cause I'm revamping and I literally fired everybody that was on the team and you know, come on, you ready? And I'm like, <laughs> So he's like, that's that, that's that fake yes, he's like that that real but fake. Like I don't know, but like, I'm gonna go. Literally, my heart was in my butt. Like, <laughs> like you know no. how you've been waiting for that moment. And so he's like, let's all clap it up for Mulan. So he had everybody, you know, clapping, and it was like a surreal experience. But I, it wasn't what I imagined it to be, because I felt like I worked so hard that not necessarily should have been handed, but I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's kind of like when, when you. When we were off air, we talked about it. You work so hard, and then you, people don't expect you to get there. And then when you're there, it's like, oh, okay, I'm here. Yeah, like I'm here. <laughs> like it's, I, I can say it's like getting a paycheck and winning the lottery. You know, you get the paycheck, it still feels good. You got the money in your account. But it's just one of those things where you worked hard. Yeah. So you felt like it was well deserved. Yeah. Compared to winning the lottery, it's like, oh my God, I wasn't supposed to have this. You know, so I feel like I've been, you know, beating my feet to the pavement and I was finally getting the acknowledgement I deserved. And so when the opportunity perceived itself, it wasn't necessarily I wasn't ready, but I knew it was a point in time I was ready to step out on my own. Mm -hmm. I was so used to everybody else co-signing me or being under someone and busting my ass for somebody else. I'm like, I don't know if I was willing to drop everything, move to LA when I've been working so hard just to do the little things I've been doing for Houston. Mm. And I feel like, you know, Houston has this cloud around itself that you don't make it unless you move out. Yeah. And not saying that I would never move from Houston, but I just feel like my work isn't done. So when I leave here, who else is supposed to pick up the reins? Who's supposed to have that voice for the people that don't have the voice? You know, um, I just felt like it was very important for me to not just jump at any opportunity, no matter what it was, you know, just to make sure I was grounded, have my have my root things together and things I want to accomplish together first before I just take that leap of action. Because I could have went to revolt and fell flat on my face. And now I've messed up a relationship with Justin, with Puff, and you know what I mean? So I feel like it's important not to just jump on any and everything. It's important to follow your passion, follow your heart, follow your calling, and let me tell you, everything else will fall into place. So um, I didn't take the job, but I gained a closer relationship. Revolt, y'all still hiring? No, for, for sure, for sure they are. And shortly after that, that's when Diddy did that huge campaign. Like, I'm hiring, I want you. Yeah. So, you know, and it's one of those things where a lot of times you cannot mix business with personal. Yeah. I'm big about that because I work so hard for this relationship on the ups and the downs that me and Justin had and Christian that I just want to still make them feel like you're my friend. I really and truly don't want nothing from you, but yeah. for y'all to be happy and us for us to grow together. And so I didn't want to just be jumping into working with his dad and, you know, taking away the bond and relationship that we had, which I've seen so much in these uh, Hollywood relationships. You know, you start working for someone and then they start hating each other. And I didn't mm. want that. So I want to be the person that works with you, not for you. So, you know, contracting me in for certain deals, I'm your girl. But as far as a full-on deal every day, it's just like, what about the agency? You know what I mean? What about all the commitments that I've given to, you know, Junior Martin and Mikos and Tay and, you know. You bold. These, I like that. Like, you know. You pretty much, you yo, this is the way I want to go about it. And I didn't want to be a sellout yeah. like everybody else has. And a lot of times you see these 
big uh, people that are on a rise in Houston and they move to New York. They move to um, LA. LA and New Orleans. The list goes on and on. And then they end up coming right on back. You know mm. what I mean? And so even I'm, I'm thankful of the advantage that I've had to be able to come and visit LA for, you know, months at a time. And I'll be there out there for months and then get homesick. And it's like, I like to have LA as a little getaway, as a little place where I can still work, have fun, but I can, I can still um, feel grounded at home. You know, I feel like a lot of times when you move to these big places, you get sick of them. Yeah. You start to hate them. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want to feel that little sense of if I'm doing something big in Houston, and I'm like, hey, I need to expand and do more in L.A. Or I need to go out there and go on a, a full hosting for two weeks or go up to, you know, complex or whatever the case may be. Like, like I said, it goes back to you have to feed and you have to um, and starve people. You mm. have to feed and you have to starve people. You can't give people all of you. And then it's nothing left to give. So you have to go missing in action at times. So when you do come to L.A., you have more to offer. You come to L.A. and you have all these accolades of things that you've been doing since you've been gone. And it's a newfound respect. Mind you, this is Hollywood. Yeah. You know, so it's just like the little things that you're doing here, especially when you're out of town, it's always looked up to. No. You no, know, so we see, oh, they're in LA doing this or they're in New York doing this. Exactly. <laughs> same, same thing with Houston. When I come back home, you know, it's just like, Jay, are you in town? Yes, I live here. <laughs> but I get it. I do move around. Yeah. You have to travel. You have to move around. You have to get uncomfortable, you know, because like I said, the industry is this small. So everybody that you meet and everybody that you connect with, you end up meeting full circle, mm. you know. And so when I'm in LA, and working with these artists and different people, it's just like, oh, okay. But when they come to my city, they know they're limited to their access. So they know, hey, I know Jay, she's gonna yeah. take care of us. Everything's gonna be handled. We're gonna have a great time. And I'm gonna feel comfortable and, and I'm gonna enjoy the city. So if I'm not there, if I'm in LA just with everybody else, it's just like, okay, we got somebody to, to hit up when we're in LA. Yeah. You know, so. Just one of those things, you know, different different ventures that have came my way. And sometimes they're a gift and sometimes I end up regretting it. But I, I feel like it's important to stay true to you without with all these smoke and mirrors. With, with all that, like, how, how do you maneuver, though, like, with, you know, like, like you said, you have certain people coming into Houston, like, hey, I'm in town, like, you know, you show them here, take them there, people invite you out. Like you said, you have to starve people and you got to feed people. Like, mm -hmm. how do you know when to say no to, like, even if they are your friends, they're not having so many people around you. Like, like, oh, like, how come you didn't invite me to this? Or how come you didn't mm. invite me to that? Like, how do you, how do you, you know, deal with all that? Cause I'm pretty sure, like, you can't bring everybody, everybody everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's just the different relationships. You know, um, if I'm kicking it with my boyfriend, you know, I have to be respectful for his time yeah. too, and should make sure that he has my full attention too. But then at times, if I gotta go to work and a big opportunity perceives itself or if I have a really good friend in town or someone, a uh, artist or an influencer I'm trying to build a relationship with, I have to say, hey, babe, I got to drop it all. I, I, I got to risk it all. I have yeah. to go. I have to make it work because... Um, um, you need to put that on the shirt and start wearing it because you said it about 12 times. I, risk and it all. The way you say it <laughs> <Yeah>. is... <laughs> Like, I want to go home and just, I don't know, I'm going to jump from the third step to the first. I mean, <laughs> honestly, you have to be that risk taker. And then, you know, when I do the things I do for Houston as far as with hospitality, it's a way that I pay my dues to my city. You know, people could go anywhere and get anything. But when they're here in Houston, I feel like it's important for me for for me to, sh to shed light on um, the black business owners here. I'm making sure you come in the city, stop at Prospect Park, stop at Turkey Leg Hut, you know, and these are also relationships that I built over the years. These are people that put money in my pockets. So how dare I not, yeah. you know, try and extend my help to them, my services to them by connecting the dots. It's so important. Same, you know, with um, when they come in town, with Iceman Nick, that's my jeweler I go to. That's the one who I built a relationship with. He made my bad boy chain. He made the chain I have on my neck now. And he's also been a type of person that supported me. And so when they come into town, hey, I'm sending you to Iceman Nick. Or hey, you need a whip to drive around, I'm sending you to Black Label. Or hey, 
I'm, if you need some clothes to run around in or for your show, I'm sending you to Soul Lounge. You know, I'm sending you to Posture. I'm sending you to Live the Lux Life, In Style Boutique. Hey, you need your hair done. I'm sending you to Kim. I'm sending you to Tania. I'm sending you to different people because they have helped me yeah. in growing my found success. You know, as an influencer, we're not rich. You know what I mean? A lot of times, you know, we're doing a lot of favor for favor. And so it's my duty to when somebody comes in town, that's 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 my favor. It's not even a favor. It's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But, but she rich, though. Don't mind no, that. I'm not. <laughs> but it's, we, it's, it's what I'm supposed I. to do, honestly. And, hey, you need a photographer, hit up Mike. You know what I mean? So it's just different things like that. I just feel like it's solely important because a lot of times in our culture, people just follow the hype. People always follow people with a million followers or with the people that everybody already knows already. You know, I think it's important. People coming to your city, you show the, the underdogs. You show the people that, 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 that work hard, that spend a lot of money in investing in their businesses. And, um, and it makes them feel good. It makes the artists feel good, too. They want to come in. They want to support their people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like how, you know, Jews and Hispanic, and they're going to take you to their people first. Yeah. So it's important for me <laughs> to, to be the person holding the flashlight, yeah. showing them the light, showing them, hey, these people are going to do you well. You know? Jeez. Flashlight holder. You just, just out here just. I know, just dropping all these little punchlines. You got game, dog. You got some game over here, bro. Yeah. So you seem like you definitely are and are still trying to do a lot for Houston. And you have done a lot for mm -hmm. Houston. Um, you did a collab where you helped with, with Jambalaya, which would arguably probably be like one of the biggest festivals that happened Absolutely. this year. Uh, I think Houston, it was all hip-hop festival. Um, how, how did that relationship happen? How did that go about? Wow. And, I mean, what so um, I met Sasha through an event that we have for um, a private event we have for Chance the Rapper. Uh, I really met him. I've been met him like back in the South by South Southwest days, um, just going to the Ilmore, Ilmore yeah. uh, jumping over his fence to get in there. <laughs> you know, don't tell Sasha, but uh, I did whatever it took. I risked it all to just get into his <laughs> events, to eat tacos on the lawn with Solange, to uh, watch Waka Flocka uh, make a whole the top floor cave in. You know, like just to get those experiences, and I thought that was so dope to be in Austin to see different things. That was my first um, starstruck events that I've ever really, you know, went to. And it was just so dope to me, because I'm like, South by Southwest was such this like underground, yeah. cool music thing. And mind you, even back in my background, even when I was doing a modeling thing, I was always going to underground uh, music events. Um, I'm trying to think of, it was a store, uh, it's a lady who, who does a lot of music events back in the day. I think her name was Teresa or something like that. Y'all know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So she I did our uh not so cool pads. Oh, it's too. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to go to all her um showcases she did for up and coming artists. And at that time back in the day I really wanted to be more of a A and R, um, a scout for local artists. I just love music. That's always something that I've always been attached to. So even with me, you know, Dibbing dabbing with artistry. I just love to be around music because it definitely shifts the culture. So just like I said, being around South by Southwest, it, it made my eyes bigger. It made things more obtainable for me to say, wow, like you making this shake in this little yeah. bitty house and having all these people pull up. Like I thought that was just something that I always wanted to do. So of course, during that time, I always tried to like talk to Sasha. He, million things going on, he ain't looking at me. Like, girl, get on somewhere, get in the back of the line. Like, who are you? So, uh, you know, just staying consistent. Um, and so his partner hit me up to help with a, a private chance to a rapper event that they had. It was like a barbecue and it was really successful. And Sasha pulled me to the side in the kitchen. He was like, I don't know who you are, but you have a talent. He was like, how did you pull this off in 24 hours? Like, this was so dope. And so, you know, I just basically spilled out who I was to him in like that short, like 20 minutes. And then after that, we didn't talk for about a year. You know, you think people forget about you, but they don't. Yeah.
And so when he did the Jambalaya Fest, um, he reached out to me. He called me and was like, hey, I'm doing something, you know, super major. We've been doing it every year in uh, San Antonio and in Dallas. And it's been going really good, but we've never done it in Houston. And so I'm like, that would be amazing. But he had cold feet because nothing like that has ever yeah. been done. And even the few events that you do see in Houston that might have, like, two headline hip-hop performances it doesn't always do really well yeah. so you know he's just like jay come on i need you let's get it you know whatever creativity you want to do whatever input you think that has to get done for us to reach our goal i'm all ears and so i'm like, I'm super excited i'm like yes da, da, da. but you know he wanted me to sell tickets hard tickets and that's another thing you have to go back is you have to humble yourself. You have to humble yourself. And honestly, that was something I've never done. You know, even playing in with the promo game, everybody always thinks I'm a promoter. I am not a promoter. <laughs> I am a mood setter, okay? Yeah. I, I, I am the type of person that I know how people want to feel. I know how the light should be placed or what entertainment or how the bottle presentation should come out or what type of people that people should be mixing and mingling with. Um, I, that's what I do. <laughs> so as far as me selling sections and selling bottles, or that's just never been my strong point. I mean, I can, but it's not something that gets me up in the morning. You know, I like to be the creative person that knows how to place the flyers together yeah. or how to, you know, people get this experience. You're into the details. I'm into the details. I'm into the, 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 the cherry on top. The, I'm into the experiences. I'm into the, I left here and was like, man, I didn't get this experience anywhere else. So, and that was something with Houston. It's just like, we have so much nightlife. People just get so used to just doing the same thing over and over because they're like, they're going to come anyways. Yeah. And I'm just like, you go and you travel these places and it's just like, I got such a better experience. Why can't we get this at home? Mm -hmm. And so they always say, well, Jay, you do it. I'm like, why do I have to do it? <laughs> this is not my job. You do yeah. it. So that's what I was really into is, like I said, the details. And so going back, you know, Sasha's like, you know, well, how many tickets do you think you could sell? And I was like, I think I could do like 100. He's like, okay, cool. Well, let's do a bet. So as time started approaching, then Houston is so last minute. We don't ever want to get things, you know, a month in advance. We, we're a type of people. We want to get the tickets at the door yeah. or we want to try to finesse in or you know what i mean or We're we too Hollywood. we just want to wait so so much compared to austin and dallas and san Antonio. you drop something they ready to purchase right then and there and that's because they're not spoiled houston is spoiled almost every other weekend is something to do yeah can you, you know can you give me in can you give me in yeah <laughs> it's, it's spoiled and people just get so used to the norm and so I'm like, man, this is going to be difficult because, A, I've never sold hard tickets. And, B, I'm Jay Mulan. I ain't selling no tickets. I'm not pulling up on nobody giving y'all no tickets. You know, like, that was my mindset at a point in time. Then I had to think, hey, I wanted this relationship with Sasha so bad. You know what I mean? This is somebody who curated some of the biggest um, concerts. Yeah. A lot of concerts that's ever happened in Houston, nine times out of ten, it's been going Ooh, Sasha. So it's just like if I want to elevate and expand my horizons, I have to humble myself and double back down and say, hey, Jay, you might not ever sell tickets before, but you need to get out in these streets. And so, you know, I got a little lackadaisy and probably a couple weeks before uh, it just so happened I was already going to Austin. Sasha got on my ass. <laughs> Sasha like, Jay, you said that you was going to do it, and you ain't did it. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, Sasha. He's like, I'm sad. And just sent me the sad face. And I'm just like, I just felt, I felt so discouraged and hurt. Because I'm like, this person is counting on me. And I'm pussyfooting, you know, excuse yeah. my language. And so um, he's like, well, hey, can you do this? Can you come out to my office in Austin? And I go back to the, I had to risk it all. <laughs> you know, Austin is about two and a half hours. And who wants to go to Austin on a Saturday? But I'm like, I need to go. I need to make this relationship right. And that's another thing within our community is we feel like we let somebody down or we do something wrong. We don't know how to right our wrongs.
Oh, yeah, people we like just, to disappear. Yeah, we like to disappear. We like to tuck it under the rug like everything's good again. And I'm real big into that, especially with hospitality. You know, you, you late to something, send someone some flowers. Give them a gift card. Send them a nice text. Acknowledge them. Let them know that their time was valued and because you didn't, you didn't value their time, you're sorry. And be genuine. And it's not just, oh, my bad. No. Go above and beyond to make it right. So I feel like that's how I needed to make it right with Sasha. If I have to drive two and a half hours on a Saturday after being out in, on Friday to 5 a.m., that's what I got to do. And so um, I went to his office, and it felt like I was at Google, okay? They had a big old dog, which I'm terrified of dogs. Big old dog walking around. Everybody's so lackadaisy, plaques on the wall. It was just, it was inspiring because I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Usually you see things like that in L.A. Yeah. So it was just like to see this in Austin and see where he started and seeing such a nice office and how everybody is, you got the, you know, assistant and do you want any water? And it's just, it make you stand up straighter. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let me fix my shirt, a little wrinkle. You know, so we had a conference. We spoke. I spoke to his team. and We got down to the nitty gritty. And by the end of the conversation, he's just like, Jay, I want to invest in you. Like, I I just like you and it goes back to hospitality and people just wanting to like you and being a likable person at time and so after that I got home and I got straight on to it I told them I said hey I want custom jambalaya bodysuits. I'm gonna have all my models in them we're gonna promote promote I'm about to get on my insta story I'm about to have my model selling tickets I'm about to get in these streets yeah I've seen it everywhere what I was I was getting on top of it and my goal was to sell a hundred tickets within a couple of months and I ended up selling a hundred in a week and end up selling two hundred and fifty and probably more than that online. So, you know, to do that and to do more uh sales than my influencers and people that I look up to really showed me how much not much influence, but how it showed how far I can push the bar. And how I shouldn't doubt myself and how I it's good to humble yourself because you get the reward at the end and they sold out. No, I mean your hard work is definitely being uh definitely being seen. I mean, like from being nominated by BET for social hustler of the of the year, I think that's a pretty big deal. I mean, for these big companies or corporations, whatever it is you want to call them, that are seeing you. Right. That's you know, that's definitely a it's dope. You know, it's definitely dope. Man, it's it's dope. And it's really dope because it's just like, I didn't even know BET knew who I was. You know what I mean? So it's just like for y'all to acknowledge me and to see that I'm out here really hustling and to be on a lineup with so many big influence, like you said, the numbers game. I was the one with the least amount of followers. You know, everybody else had a million followers. So to even put me in that category and those people with the million followers got to acknowledge and see who I was, wow, I, I can't thank IOBT so much for that. You know, they really put me on a platform and it just shows stay consistent. The universe will give you that and then some. But they'll, you started off with a small dream and they'll end up giving you a bigger one to, to dream for. So, um, and that's something that Freshie also orchestrated as well, even with pitching them the social influencer idea. So it's just very humbling and uh, super dope just to even be nominated. And I felt like after that, my city also, also looked at me in a higher light too, because it's just like, I'm, getting an award from BET and I haven't even got an award from my own city. So, but I don't, I don't doubt them. I don't, I'm not hurt about that. It just goes to show sometimes they have to hear from other places yeah. to recognize. Sometimes we get spoiled and get into the norm that we don't see how extraordinary our people are and how talented Houston people are. So with all this being said and done, what is next for you or what else you got going? She's sitting up so proper. <laughs> um, so I have a few things going on. Definitely the development of expanding my agency. Uh, we just got back down to the, the, the ground roots of while we started the agency, getting my team together. That's been like my main focal point because without a team, it's like the neck. If the, the neck is not on properly, your head is going to fall off. Yeah. So um, just those are the main things. Um, right now I'm walk, uh, working with Sasha and his record label. I don't think he's told the world just yet that he's. You heard he it here first. Yeah, so um, 
working with Capitol Records, uh, just with marketing and uh, helping break records for, for upcoming artists. Um, I'm writing my own book. Uh, so all my tips and tricks of how to be how how to be an influencer is coming soon your way, and it's the real real nitty gritty. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat and yeah. tell y'all everybody else like this is my story, this is from my experience, this is what I did to get to where I am. So that would definitely be in the book. Um, definitely working on some seminars. I have a magazine coming out that I'm the face of. True. So shout out to Blue Book. Um, so just a lot of lot of different things coming. Like I said, um, a new week, a new hustle. So it just depends on what day of the week you catch me on. Depends on what hustle I'm on. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, need, I need that. Did you, did you did you you got anything else? Man, she's covered a lot of ground. She's yeah, man. Hard working. We appreciate you coming through for real, for real. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging me. Yeah. I'm honored. Everything's so professional here. <laughs> I had a great time. I oh, laughed. Yeah. And I, I hope to be here soon again. Yeah, man, for real, for real. We 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 working on our part two list. Yeah. So we're gonna bring people back through. But yeah, man. Steady working, so we gotta <laughs> yeah. look at your schedule. <laughs> <laughs> it's always open for you guys. I promise. Um, anybody you want to acknowledge, thank, or anything like that, or you just we can. Uh, I definitely wanted to thank the J Malone Agency. Um, I want to thank Freshy. I want to thank. Jimmy Bolt, I want to thank Junior Martin, Tay Amigos. Um, list goes on and on. I want to thank people that believe in me. Thank you, because y'all helped me believe in myself. And I think it's very important to have your energy in line, your chakra in line. Make sure you have a lot of positivity and know that whatever you put your mind to, man, you can do. All right. Thank y'all for tuning in. To the Not So Cool Podcast. Hey, yeah, thanks to the Not So Cool Podcast, yeah. you know. All gravy. So. <laughs> but I was really doing our outro. She, <laughs> she interrupted me. She ruined the punchline. Ruined the punchline. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Not So Cool. <laughs> All right, man, we're checking out. You got this shit knocking, though.